0: Hello and welcome to the July edition of the FIESG 5 and 5 podcast, the podcast in which we spend five minutes exploring five key ESG developments shaping the market for financial institutions. I'm Jake Hallam from Climbing the ESG Capital Markets and I will be taking you through this month's key trends with a focus on social bonds in particular. The first topic I will talk to is the EU social taxonomy. The proposal was published back in February and provided details of the key objectives which are number one, decent work, number two, adequate living standards and well-being for end users, and number three, inclusive and sustainable communities and societies. It also outlines the sub-objectives, as well as the qualitative substantial contribution criteria, which is very different to the quantitative approach used in the environmental taxonomy. And finally, also introduced the AAAQ analysis, that is availability, accessibility, acceptability, and quality. So to summarise, this isn't final, and also may never even see the light of day at all, but I think even now it's a good reference to have in mind if you're developing or updating a social bond framework. The second development, which builds on the first, is that issuers are starting to take the EU social taxonomy regulation, which again is still a theory, but take it and start to apply it in practice. So AIB, the Irish Bank, included the slide in their investor presentation, the inaugural social bond in March, where they began to map their social bond framework against the proposed EU social taxonomy. This was done in investor presentation rather than in the framework itself, but they took their framework categories and overlaid the proposed social taxonomy objectives and sub-objectives. They also talked about the substantial contribution criteria, whether that's A, enhancing inherent positive impact, B, avoiding and addressing negative impact, or C, an enabling activity, something that enables A or B. They also reference the AAAQ analysis by linking back to AIB's wider strategy and goals. I can see this part in particular being developed further and becoming more granular. For example, if we take the category of education, one could demonstrate AAAQ by referencing national curriculums, for example. And then finally, AIB overlay that do no significant harm and minimum safeguards more at the institutional level. But I think issuers are always trying to compete with other issuers in a way. And I think it's interesting to see some such reference to the social taxonomy in their communication with investors. The third point to call out is the launch of a number of new social bond funds. Axor Investment Managers Social Bond Fund was launched in Q1, which will allocate at least 75% of the fund to social bonds with the remainder in conventional bonds where the issuer has a positive social impact. BNP Paribas Asset Management and Amundi launched similar funds last year. And whilst on the one hand, there's been a decline in pure social issuance from FIs in Europe since the peak in 2020. On the other, these are some of the largest asset managers in Europe, which are very clearly demonstrating there is demand for social bond issuance by launching these dedicated social bond funds. The next element I will touch on is the increased sophistication with how investors are analysing the impact and materiality of social bonds. We talked about the social taxonomy a few moments ago. But this is an example of how investors are analysing social bonds even without the social taxonomy. One of the best examples is Threadneedle European Social Bond Fund, which is a Luxembourg fund. They use a clear hierarchy of needs framework. So basic needs at the top, such as housing and health, are the most important, more important than other social needs, perhaps. Threadneedle also do this for their UK social bond fund, but using a different assessment tool. Their approach is interesting because it clearly has an order of priority, i.e. is meant to be read from top to bottom. If We compare that to the EU social taxonomy, which does define what is social, but does not define which is more important amongst the social objectives. So in summary, we can see investors are developing their own tools to analyse social impact. And I think they will continue to do so, which will allow them to focus and prioritise different areas based on client preferences. My final development is on a continued interplay between green and social. In the Green Gilt Framework last year, it showed a great example of social co benefits. For example, the main purpose was to accelerate clean impact, but the generation of high quality jobs was noted as a social co benefit. We are also seeing it the other way. For example, in the category of affordable housing, which is a social category, these new homes are built to energy efficient standards, which is an environmental co benefit. I've recently completed an analysis of the TCFD reports from over 30 financial institutions, and there are a few, however, Bank and Nationwide Building Society, I think, involved in the development of affordable housing units directly, and they each call out the energy efficiency of those homes as an additional benefit. So I think this interplay will continue. But that just about wraps it up. Thanks for listening to this month's FIESG 5.5, 5, which hopefully you have found useful and insightful. If you like this episode, please follow the channel and click the notification bell so you can get future episodes as soon as they are released. Thank you again, and I'll see you next time.